Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Modernizer Die, the CFML News Edition. So Thanksgiving week here. Glad everyone can make it. Uh, I'm flying solo today because the short week means everyone's real busy. Uh, so am I, but I couldn't let you guys uh, miss out on a, a podcast here. So I'll try and keep it short and sweet. And no one wants to hear me talk too long anyway. So anyway, so let's get into the news. Okay, so ColdFusion released the new updates for CF 2016 and 2018. So we did mention the previews last week. Well, in the middle of last week, and they did release the final updates. Uh, if you look on coldfusion.adobe.com, you can see those uh, release notes there. and gives you information on uh, how to update if you used the, the previews and if you didn't. And it gives you a, a breakdown of what's included there. So as usual, uh, please update. And there were a couple of bugs that came out with the previous update, so these do resolve those. So uh, I would recommend you update these pretty soon. Uh, these are available on Forgebox. John Clawson and Brad Wood uh, jumped on these pretty quick. So if you're using Forgebox to, to power your command box servers, then these updates are already available. So if you'd like to run some tests on them, spin them up right away, uh, and those are available. So always uh, one of the positives of using command box, you can choose your version pretty easily. You don't have to worry about the update process. It just works. So um, pretty cool to, to do that. So, okay, so next, uh, since it is Thanksgiving week, let's talk a little bit about Black Friday. Uh, I'm sure cyber shopping is already a big thing on your list. I've already got a, a lot of things on my list. I'm waiting for a few more things to drop in price. But one thing that dropped in price this week, Fusion Reactor developer licenses. So if you guys are not using Fusion Reactor locally in your development, I uh, highly recommend it. We talk about them quite a bit. It's a great product, great team. Uh, they do a lot with the Cold Fusion community at all the conferences. So uh, definitely recommend supporting them. But right now, they have a developer edition half price coupon code to use. So instead of the $199 for a year, you can get for $99. So that's a, that's a great deal. Uh, I said the it saves your life a lot of times. It really helps you dig into your into your queries, your performance, and your load times, and really see what's going on behind the scenes. Even in a local situation as a developer, uh, you know it's hard to work without it. Um, so for right now, if you use fr-dev-saver-19 at checkout, um, you can get that discount, and that ends November 30th. So don't wait too long. And if you go to fusion-reactor.com, you'll see they have that blog post about the Black Friday sale. So if you want to just type that in, you can go grab that now. So definitely a good deal. Um, and again, a great product. So I'd recommend you use it. So go get that. Now, next on our list, we've got some pretty cool things here. So uh, Matt Gifford has been busy again with some blog posts, but this one, you know, it was big enough that we need to make it news. So uh, he's introduced a new website called CFML Badges. And so he actually built this a little while ago, but he just sort of, you know, relaunched it here. So 
few years ago, he forked an open source project called For the Badge, which provides funny and sometimes useful status badges for your readme files and documentation. So I don't know if you've been to some open source projects and you've seen all these cool badges all over the, the readme file. Well, uh, a lot of them are come from For the Badge. Uh, so he initially forked it and um, made a few CFML related badges and he was going to do a pull request. But by the time he finished, he said it was just huge. And so he thought instead of, uh, you know, trying to wait for all those to be approved and everything, he would just create a CFML specific one. So what he's done is he's actually gone ahead and released cfmlbadges.monkeyworks.com. And we also have a blog post about it too. And I just want to read a few of them because they're, they're pretty cool. So, um, you know, you've got the traditional useful ones like compatibility, Cold Fusion 2018, or compatibility Lucy 5. Uh, and he usually uses those in most of his repos so people know what code it'll run on there. And he's put a, a few personal ones on there too. Uh, you know, you can kind of have a little laugh. So one is I can bench press Ben Adele. Another one is my array start at one. And there's another one that says I visited Ray Camden's Amazon wishlist. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he also had a couple of funny ones since uh, me and Brad usually give uh, Matt a little grief. Um, we have one there called approved by Brad Wood. And we have another one which is modernize or die. So, uh, you know, here we wanted to put a little shout out to the podcast so we appreciate it matt so i think those are pretty cool um so if you wanted to spice up your readme files a little bit for your um you know your github repos or even on forgebox i believe they work inside of forgebox too from your readme file so cfml badges are there so pretty cool so thanks matt and if you go to monkeyworks.com you'll see the cfml badges blog post if you want to find out a little more about them and and have a look at them Okay, so we also wanted to remind you that Pete Freitag is doing that Cold Fusion security training, writing secure CFML. Uh, this is a, an online version of his usual workshop that he's done before uh, CF Summit, Into the Box, and even CF Camp, I believe, as well in the past. So it's a great workshop. Uh, I've been to it before and worked through it, and, you know, I... I do a lot of work with a lot of clients and with Audis, and I learned quite a lot of stuff there still. So, you know, I learned about some new uh, products that you can use to help, you know, test your apps and everything. So it's a really cool, uh, cool workshop. He's breaking it up over two days, so the time zones and everything should work for people. So it's going to be December 11th and 12th, and it's going to be online. Um, it'll be taught by Pete Freitag, and he has an early bird special right now with 375 per student. But there is group pricing available if you have a team or some friends that want to take it too. So if you go to foundeo.com, you can see that training there under consulting. Um, and again, it's a great course, really worthwhile. It's the first time teaching it online, uh, but I think it'll be a, a great, you know, great thing for you. It'll be six hours in total. And the way it usually works is he has you download a VM prior to, prior to the workshop. So everything you need is in there. So all the, sa the sample code, all the, the servers you'll need and everything, even the editor to edit your files. Uh, and then you guys just work through the, the problems and he helps you work through a security audit of this this bank is the one that he used when, when I did it. And basically look for all the things from some something simple enough like SQL injection to cross-site scripting all the way through to some really crazy stuff. So uh I definitely recommend that for everybody in your team, uh, whether the security experts or not, definitely a big thing to have. So, okay. So next we're going to start talking about conferences. So just a couple of weeks away now we have into the box Latam. So in Latino America, this is going to be held on December 4th in San Salvador, El Salvador, a one day, one track 
conference uh, presented in Spanish, and we've got uh, our speakers from Order Solutions, Luis Mahano, Edgardo Quiveres, Jorge Reyes, John Clawson, Esmeralda Acevedo, Stephanie Wanji, Javier Quintero. Ah, Quintero. I always say that wrong. Anyway, sorry, Javi. Uh, but we also have a couple of uh, speakers from outside the Autist team that are they're working to get um, solidified, and we'll have those names next week, too. Uh, I know they're reaching out to some of the sponsors to actually provide a couple of quality speakers for us, too. So it's a, a lot of great content. If you go to latam.intothebox.org, you can go and see the lineup. It is in Spanish, so uh, if you need to see what they're talking about, you can always use Google Translate. That's what I had to do. Uh, tickets are available on Eventbrite, and the links are available from the website. Um, but they've also been busy marketing this down, down in El Salvador. Legato has been doing a lot of work uh, down there, um, and we actually have a couple of blog posts out with some pretty interesting news. So uh, I'm probably mispronouncing it, but Curaco, uh sponsors an unprecedented worldwide event in the region, the Into the Box Latin America. So this blog post talks about you know how they've got some some good sponsors down there, but also how they've got support of the government. So they've actually reached out to the government of El Salvador, and uh, they were actually working together with them to try and promote this, and um, it's pretty important. And so this is a, a quote from it. It's translated poorly, probably, but in addition to the important sponsorship of La Crucarao and other companies, the Into the Box Latin America has, for the first time, the support of the government of El Salvador through the Ministry of Innovation, which will work... Th- which will work to be carried out to encourage technological spaces. So this is basically, you know, an initiative of them to try and really, uh, you know, upskill workers in the area and really, you know, sort of try to adopt new technologies and uh, they're they're really supportive of of the conference and that's going well. So there's been a a flurry of signups and it looks like it's going to be a successful conference. So if you're in the area or if you know someone in the area, um, you know, let them know about the conference. Uh, It's affordable. Uh, It's going to be just a one day, one track event, but it looks like it's going to be a great thing. So looking forward to, to hearing how that goes down there. Now, if you're in another part of the world, we also have CF Summit India. So uh, Adobe is running their CF Summit in India this year in Bangalore on December 7th, so just a few days later. Uh, Cold Fusion India Summit is a, their Indian version. Uh, a lot more of the engineers are going to be there since obviously that's uh, going to be hosted in their main offices. So it's a perfect ex- uh, forum to exchange ideas and you know talk to the, the engineers and the, the team itself. So um, highly recommend that. They're looking to have about 250 or 300 people there. That uh, is actually complimentary as well. So if you're in the area, it's a free conference. Uh, definitely recommend checking that out. Um, we've got some links in the show notes about blogs about the conference. You can find out more about about that on the coldfusion.adobe.com website. And also on the Terratex website, they have a podcast where they actually did an, uh, an interview with Keyshore. So they go into more detail about you know what will be covered there and who's going to be speaking and, and that type of thing. So definitely want to check this. Um, so um, if you're in the area, again, see if some India. And Brad, no, you can't go. Sorry. Brad has always wanted to go to that. So maybe next year, Brad. We have to get it planned out. Okay, and then next on the list, we have Into the Box 2020. So that's going to be in May next year in, uh, in Houston. So we're going to be at the, the Hyatt Place right there in the woodlands, right on the outskirts of uh, Houston. Um, this is where we've held it the last few years. It's a great venue. We've got a lot of uh, space there. And we're actually going to um, 
grow our rooms a little bit bigger so we can get more people in there because uh, every year we just keep growing and it's great to see more people coming out and enjoying our conference. Plus we need a lot more room for all the dancing with our mariachi band. But uh, Call for Speakers is now open. And we're actually getting some good content through. I see, uh, you know, uh, a good number of uh, submissions on UI and soft skills and uh, different server side pieces as well. So uh, you remember, it doesn't have to be box products. It doesn't have to be Cold Fusion as long as it's relevant to our Cold Fusion developer community. Um, so we're looking for a variety of content and speakers as well. So if you want to um, throw your you know, name in the hat, go to papercoal.io slash ITB2020 and you can uh, submit your submit your talk ideas there. And then uh, we also have uh, our videos from 2018 they are available. If you'd like to purchase them for a small amount, you can get last year's uh, conference uh, videos. So we have about 28 sessions there. So a lot of great content. And if you did go to the conference, you should have got an email with your code to, to see them all for free. So uh, just so next year, if you're planning to, to go to the box or you're thinking about it, uh, we always try and provide the videos free if we, uh, if we can. And the conference is going to be May 6th to 8th. And so if you guys are um, thinking about next year's conferences, please put that in your calendar. That uh, We usually have one day workshops on the first day, and then we have two days with two tracks the, for the actual content of the conference. So um, we'd be happy to have you guys there. So another thing, too, if you have some content you'd like to see or you'd like to hear more about, let us know, because um, obviously the oldest team is going to be presenting as well, and uh, we like to get feedback from the community. So if you have any talks that you want us to do it into the box, uh, let us know as well, and we can put that on our short list, and we can f have somebody, you know, talk, talk about that from the oldest team. Okay, so next, let's get on to blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. So, as I mentioned, Matt Gifford has been busy, but uh, he had another uh, update as well. Someone is at the front door. Thanks, Alexa. <laughs> uh, so, we have uh, the CFML Swear Jar updates is being released by Matt Gifford. So, a few years ago, uh, sorry, a few weeks ago, he blogged about the, the newest project that he's been working on, the Swear Jar. Um, so, he's done some work on that and uh, had some feedback from some people. And so, he made some changes. So, one of them, uh, which I thought was pretty funny, is um, sugarcoat. So, there's now an option for you to be able to sugarcoat your words. So, when you're getting a certain word in your, uh, in your content that you'd like to change, what you can do is you can give it the appropriate change. So... You can give it a bad word and change it to a good word. So every time they said something like uh, groovy, you could change it to cold fusion or something like that. Um, so this is a sugarcoat function. And they also added a unicorn function. So the unicorn function basically means if there isn't a word to replace it with and you yeah, implement the unicorn, it'll just replace the word with unicorn. So instead of having some uh, you know sentence full of bad words, you could have you unicorn, 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 blah, 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 unicorn. And so it'll replace all the bad words with unicorn and make it pretty much unusable, but maybe a little funnier, as, as he mentioned. Uh, and thanks to uh, some podcast peer pressure, um, Brad and I have convinced Matt that this should be a Coldbox module as well. So um, if you're not using Coldbox, you can still install it from Forgebox as a standalone CFC and implement it yourself. Um, or if you're using Coldbox, you can use SwearJar now. And thanks to Wirebox and the module configuration setup, everything will be wired up for you. We can just inject that with at SwearJar. So, pretty cool. Thanks for that, Matt. And no, John Farrar, that was not Brad at the front door. Brad is working today. He's actually got to get everything done before he can go on vacation. Uh, 
So, and so next blog post, we have Matt Gifford. Uh, he's talking about the CFML badges. So as I mentioned earlier, we have a blog post all about that. So that's the one there from, from Matt. The next blog post we have is from Benny Dow. So he's talking about feature flags and tracking them in New Relic um, using the Java agent and Lucy. So pretty interesting. He, we've talked about this a couple times before about how we use LaunchDarkly, a feature flag management tool, so we can deploy changes in, uh, you know, in his Envision app. Um, most of the time they look at using, you know, feature flags for changing your code and then they want to see how well it's doing you know a lot of times it's for optimizations um, and so they want to see if they give a little bit of traffic is it working as expected so this blog post sort of tells you about new relics feature about how you can track them and so that way you can actually pull up graphs and see how everything that's uh, using that 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 feature flag is behaving and if it's optimized and working better than the the original code so it's pretty cool um I know uh, Mark Drew was talking about how he st just started using Launch Darkly, Darkly recently too. It's kind of a, an interesting idea. So if you guys are, you know, wanting to use feature flags, you might want to look at that. But this blog post is a pretty cool way to use New Relic to to track that and pull up, you know, reports on that type of stuff so you can see the difference. So I thought that was pretty neat. So thanks for the blog post, Ben. Um, we also had a, a tweet from James Moberg. Um, He's been having a few issues with um, some Adobe CF PDF stuff just stop working on them randomly. Um, and so he's been trying to look and find out what's going on with that. But um, he said that he wished he knew about the WK HTML to PDF tool earlier. I guess uh, he's been having, uh, you know, a lot of success with, with that and it's been working flawlessly and not had any issues. And um, so if you guys are looking at doing PDF stuff, um, you know, you may want to look at that tweet and find out a little more about it, but I know that that WKHTML to PDF tool is a really nice tool. Uh, it's really powerful and it can do a few more things that the, you know, the CF document and CF PDF can't do quite as well. And if you're working with different engines as well, sometimes, uh, you know, using an outside tool is nice because you can control which version you're using everything as well. So definitely weigh that up. Uh, you know, the built-in tools are great. I use them for a lot of, a lot of things, but, um, yeah, sometimes it's nice to have a third party that you can control the version and everything. So, so James was just talking about his experience there. So, I know that a few people jumped in to try and help him debug that 2016 stuff. So, thanks. It's always good to see the community trying to help each other out. Okay, next we have a tweet from Chris Tierney. Uh, he just said he loves to be able to spin up Adobe Cold Fusion instances willy-nilly to test stuff locally in command box. Thanks, Otis. It's always nice to see that, you know, the work that, well, mainly Brad, but Otis as a, as a whole, you know, it's nice to see people using it and, and, you know, getting something out of it and makes us feel all warm and fuzzy on these cold days. Okay, so Simplicity Web, which is Julian Halliwell, has a, a blog post out. So this is actually a follow-up. Um, I know Matt Clemente talked about using the XML format of the .xlsx for Excel spreadsheets when you're uh, exporting them, how it can significantly reduce the file size. But Julian also talks about how uh, the number of rows you can add basically um, you know, gets blown up as well. So you can basically go even past like 65,535 rows that you hit sometimes with a limit. But uh, the other thing is too that um, I guess there's a, a new format called SXSSF. And so it's really great when using large spreadsheets. So basically what it is, is it's uh, 
you know, normally with uh, spreadsheets, you load them all into the JVM in memory. So if they're really big, you can really tank your JVM pretty quickly and bring your whole server down. But this SF, SX, SSF, I'm going to get that wrong all day, uh, allows you basically to stream into a, into a file. So it's streaming, so not all of it's been held in memory. And it's kind of interesting. I haven't done anything with large um, Excel spreadsheets in quite a while, but that sounds like a pretty cool, you know, critical cool situation. So you basically batch process the file and then spit it out on the other end. So um, it's pretty cool. So that was really interesting and uh, it's kind of nice that we can, you know, drop into those types of those features. And uh, yeah, we know we, we love streams, but this is a perfect example of where, you know, working with spreadsheets, a stream would, would save you. So pretty cool. Okay, another blog post we have from Fusion Reactor. So we're looking at transaction naming. Um, so basically allows you to, you know, improve the ease of trying to find uh, requests. So you can group some of the requests together so you can give them a name. So it just tells you how to go about it and and talks about how Fusion Reactor tries to, you know, automatically do some of this, but gives you some more details about the, you know, nitty-gritty how to get that done. So... Again, Fusion Reactor is great, uh, and that was pretty cool to, to have that out there. So they actually have a video as well. So they actually have a video up on YouTube, which is uh, talking about memory usage in the garbage collector. So if you haven't used Fusion Reactor and you want to know a little more, they have a lot of great uh, content out there. They do a lot of you know webinars with people online at different user groups. But this one's just a short little video talking about how to you know identify memory leaks and optimize memory usage. So it gets instant insight into the heap, and you're, you know, basically how to look there and try and keep your low overhead memory profile. So it's a good little video. It's available on YouTube and we have a link in the show notes here. Okay. We have a, another blog post and this is actually just talking about a book. Um, so Gregory Alexander from the galaxy blog, um, it's a new open source blog that he's been working on. Um, he basically just talks about, uh, cold fusion ORM. It's a fantastic book by John wish. And I agree. So, um, if you guys are taking a couple of days off over Thanksgiving and enjoying some time with the family, and uh, you maybe got a little time to yourself, this is a pretty cool book. It's not a very long one, but, um, this is a, a great book on getting started with Cold Fusion ORM. So, as Gregory said in his blog, I needed to learn Cold Fusion ORM as ORM supports all of the modern databases that he wants Galaxy Block to be able to support. He doesn't want to incorporate different SQL logic for every database, so because coding everything would be by hand would be an immense task and would be problematic to test. So, he was looking at getting ORM up and running. And so he looked at this book, and it's a great book. It's a really affordable. You can get it in PDF version, uh, and so you guys can read over the weekend. But if you're if you haven't done much ORM, or even if you have, it's really nice to get the nuts and bolts. And John did a great job of explaining it. It's a little older now, but most of it still applies. Um, so I definitely recommend if you're using ORM, you have to read that book. So just wanted to give another recommendation for that. So if you go to GregoryAlexander.com. Uh, you can find out more about the Galaxy blog, and he has that little, short little blog post just recommending that book. Okay, so we're um, back to another tweet. So Brad Wood tweeted about GitHub packages. So I'm not sure if anyone's using them yet or not, but Brad was just asking, is anyone planning on using them for CFML code? Um, 
you're saying they look cool, but at the end of the day, it looks like they're basically trying to duplicate or replicate what other things are already doing. So like if you're using JavaScript, it's sort of competing with NPM for CFML code. It's, you know, trying to do something like ForgeBox and then obviously Java has Maven, et cetera. So um, he was basically just, you know, trying to see who's using it or whatnot. Like maybe there's something there you like and you think is worth using. Let us know and we can try and improve ForgeBox because, you know, this type of situation where, you know, another player comes in the field, it's good, but at the same time, um, you know, fracturing everything isn't the best thing for the community. So if you see something there that you think is, you know, good and we should try and incorporate, let us know and let's try and make ForgeBox better. Um, so I know GitHub is doing a lot of great things, but I don't think we need to have an, another set of packages for every language out there. So, okay. So if you want to throw in your two cents on there, let us know, uh, the tweet, the link to the tweet will be there in the, the show notes. Okay. One more blog post here before we get on to the next section. So another one from Ben Adel. So this one's something interesting. So using MySQL's null safe equality operator with CF query params null option and Lucy. So a lot of times when we're adding or inserting, uh, inserting, updating records, a lot of times we use a CF query param, use that null equals and trying to figure out if the value is null or not and insert into the, the database a null value or not. Uh, that works great for when you're doing inserts and updates, but when you're trying to actually do, use it in the where, you can't really do that because in, in MySQL, normally you have to do uh, is the column is null, not equals to a null value that'll throw an error. And so Ben, you know, was just saying after all these years of working with it, he's, he finally figured out that he could use the MySQL's null safe equality operator. And so what that is, is it actually puts these angled brackets around the equal sign. So you have less than equal sign greater than. And so it's kind of a weird little, little symbol. And then you have the null value on the other side. And if you do that, it'll basically say if it's has a value and is equal to that. And so it's a pretty cool little feature and I've never seen it before. So again, Ben Nadal's teaching old dogs new tricks here. Um, so it was pretty cool. So again, if you're using MySQL, this might be worth looking at. Um, I'm pretty surprised that, yeah, then I've never seen it before. So very cool. So if you guys using MySQL, go check out the now safe equality operator. Okay. So next on the list, find a job. So it has been a little quiet lately for new jobs, but the get CFML jobs, which is the cold fusion tool that uh, we usually check on that uh, pulls in ads from all different places has over 29 cold fusion positions available right now. And they're listed from 22 companies uh, across 19 locations in five countries. So if you're looking for a cold fusion job, there are some available and maybe even in your location, no matter where you're at. So definitely go check that out. Get cfmljobs.com. Okay, so next on our list, we're going to talk about the Forgebox module of the week. So this week, we're going to talk about uh, an old module, which is kind of uh, a remnant of uh, old Coldbox stuff. So in old Coldbox, everybody used to think it was a kitchen sink, or basically included everything, including the kitchen sink. So back in the old day, everything in the framework was all in one big piece. We had no, we had modules, but everything in the core was included all the time. 
And so when we basically upgraded this, I think it was Coldbox 4, we went to a, uh, the modular uh, approach for Coldbox, where we basically pulled out all the main functionality into modules. And then when you install Coldbox, you know, just the certain dependencies that are required are installed. And then as you use stuff, you add your modules. A lot of the little pieces in Coldbox that we didn't think really fit in the framework that was still useful got put into something called CB Commons. So CB Commons is a, a nice little collection of all those CFML utils that we used to use in the framework. And so we have things in there for date utilities, file utilities, JVM utilities, query helpers, zip helpers. So all sorts of little things, little plugins and little files that used to be available in the Coldbox core. Uh, are available in the CB Commons. So there's quite a lot of cool little things in there. And, you know, there's not one thing that, you know, that you need to get this for, but it's a great little thing. And, um, yeah, if you're working with any of those things, dates, files, JVM, query helpers, or zips, or if you've got something else that you don't know where it belongs and maybe you want to put it in just a general uh, module, maybe you can add that to this collection here. So it's a pretty cool little module. All the CFCs are available, you know, uh, separately. You can inject them using Wirebox and just use them as you need to. So uh, it's got a, a good little number of uh, installations. Um, and it's, it's got some nice things. I know that I've, I've used different pieces of it. Um, the query helper stuff is pretty nice. And, you know, some of the there is, I mean, you know, replaced the guess by the newer modern uh, functions built into the engines but a lot of the stuff here were little helpers to make your life easier back in the old days we were supporting cf10 cf11 etc where we didn't have all the nice features we do now so um, there's still some good stuff in there even if you are on the modern one so go check out cb commons and if you want to just install it and have a look you can just do box install cb commons so that's the forgebox module of the week now, this week's VS Code Hints Tips and Tricks of the Week, we're going to talk about something um, called Editor Config. So this is a cool little plugin that basically allows you to have workspace uh, or user settings overridden by files inside your repo. So I know that everyone has their spaces versus tabs war and everyone fights about what they want to do. Um, now, a lot of that does get into some pretty big you know, arguments, but... Um, the cool thing about the editor config is, is that if you're working on a project, you can actually include in your project this editor config file. So it's a dot editor config, and what it allows you to do is actually the VS Code will override your user setting. So maybe you're a spaces person, but your project wants tabs, or vice versa. Maybe you want the lead, the you know the the trailing. Uh, line breaks and spaces in the lines and um, you can set up your editor config to say this project uses this so whenever you load up this the project in vs code if you have the editor config extension included it will actually honor those settings instead of your own and this is really useful when we have a lot of contractors or you're working with consulting companies with Audis, we work with you know other teams so we help their teams we uh, supplement their their team members so when we have this when we go from project to project to project, we don't have to worry about which settings that that company uses because the editor config file handles that. So it handles about eight or 10 different settings. And, uh, you know, it's usually the most controversial ones <laughs> as far as, uh, uh, tabs and spaces and, you know, trailing spaces and lines and those types of things. But, uh, if you check out editor config and you're, uh, 
VS Code extensions search, you'd be able to check that out. And there's over 1.5 million downloads and it's got five stars. And uh, it's a pretty cool little tool um, and it works really great. So this is a, a nice tool if you're maybe working on lots of projects, lots of different people, uh, and we need to have like a central lo location for those types of settings. So anyway, so that's the VS Code hints, tips, and tricks of the week. Let's check and see what people are talking about here. Okay. Looks like John's asking questions about pre-conference stuff. So I think they require a bigger answer. So I'll let us handle that offline. Okay. So now we're at the end of the show. So this is where we thank our Patreon supporters. So again, we got a lot of great Patreon supporters here and a lot of companies helping us, whether it's financially through Patreon or through pull requests and, you know, updates to code and documentation. We appreciate all your help. Uh, a lot of our projects wouldn't wouldn't work without the support of our community. And Patreon's a way to financially support us. And there are some perks for being a Patreon supporter. So if you go to our, uh, our website, autosolutions.com slash about us slash sponsors, you can see how to become a Patreon supporter and see some of those different packages. And it all helps. And we appreciate each and every one of you that is helping. So... Andrew Davis, Brian White, Calvin Stanton, Dali, Dan Carr, Daniel Garcia, David Ballinger, The Dealist Nikki, Don Bellamy, Eric Hoffman, Gary Knight, Jan Yannick, Jeremy Adams, John Farrar, Jordan Clark, Joseph Lamery, Laxma Tedderhadi, Matthew Clemente, Richard Herbert, Samuel Knowlton, Scott Steinbeck, VJ, and Yogesh Mithir. We thank all of you. We appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we can see you guys at the upcoming conferences and, and you know, thank you in person. So thanks everybody. Uh, I know it's been a short one, but hopefully you got some great news from it. Um, some good information and everyone has a happy Thanksgiving and enjoys time with their friends and family. And we'll see you all next week. Thanks everybody. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io, where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Bluetree Audio.